The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota on June 9, 2013, based on 1 Kings 17, verses 17 through 24. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the first lesson today, 1 Kings 17, verses 17 through 24. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, O Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy also upon this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Moore, Oklahoma, and then a few days later, El Reno, Oklahoma. People were going about their daily lives, many of them no doubt good Christian people. And then suddenly, tragedy strikes as the EF5 tornadoes devastate those towns. And we know what that can be like when times are going along and then all of a sudden we are hit by those times of loss, of accident, of injury, of death. Yes, our lives can be going along fairly fine and then out of the blue, tragedy strikes. Whether that's a natural disaster, a sudden accident, an unexpected doctor's report, a troubling phone call, or the like. And the widow, in the text here, knows that same kind of experience, doesn't she? As life goes along, there comes tragedy. But as we reflect on this word of God before us here, it gives us an opportunity that we may not have when we go through that time of tragedy ourselves. So often when we get caught up in a tragedy, the the emotional confusion of the moment so limits our sight and so directs our minds on such a narrow course that that we can't see the bigger picture. But today, dear friends, we want to take this opportunity presented by the text here to step back and take a look at that bigger picture to reflect on how the Lord is at work even in a time of tragedy. Yes, the Lord works strength through tragedy. 
He did that for this widow and he does that for you and me, dear Christians. The Lord works strength through tragedy. That's the theme here this morning. And first of all, we want to look at how he strengthened the faith of this widow. And then in the second part, we want to learn from the prophet's example, Elijah's example that emboldens us in our faith and life. But first to the widow here. Who is she? Well, we don't know her name. She is not one of the people of Israel. She lives outside of the promised land, north in the city of Zarephath, which would be uh, modern-day Lebanon in Lebanon. And so that raises a question, doesn't it? What is the prophet Elijah, a prophet of the Lord, the God of Israel, doing, staying at a house of a foreigner, out of the country of Israel? Well, this is how this that came about. Under wicked King Ahab, the people of Israel had turned even farther away from the Lord. They had made Baal their national god. And so the Lord sent a drought on the land. And drought brought famine. It ended up lasting for over three years. But during that time, the Lord took care of his prophet. First of all, he did that by sending Elijah east of the Jordan to the Kirith Ravine. There he could drink from the brook. And the Lord had the ravens bring him meat and and, and bread twice a day so that he had food. But eventually, due to the drought, the brook dried up. And that's when the Lord sent Elijah out of Israel to go to Zarephath. And when he comes to the town, there's the widow gathering sticks for a fire. He asks her for a drink of water, and as she goes to get that drink for him, he also calls out and asks for a little bit of bread. And then that's when we learn the sad situation of her. You see, she had been gathering sticks there to make a fire to cook one last meal for her son and herself before they died for her flour and oil were just about gone but now dear friends Elijah speaks to her a wonderful promise of the Lord and so we we begin to see the faith of this widow Elijah tells her to go and, and do as she had planned but first of all to make him a little bit of bread and he adds this promise from the Lord He says to her, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And the widow believed the word of the Lord. That's what faith is. Faith takes God at his word. Faith can't exist, a real faith can't exist without the Lord's promise first. With this promise, the Lord brought the widow to trust that as impossible as it sounded, he could do this. And she believed the word of the Lord. She took him at his word here. And even though it sounded impossible and risked her last meal on this earth, she put her faith into action and made that bit of bread for the prophet first. And the Lord was good on his word. As the prophet stayed with her in the upper room, every morning there was flour and oil, enough bread for the day. And so her life was going along 
fairly fine, especially under those circumstances. As she followed the Lord and lived out her faith, her life was going along fine. And then tragedy strikes. Her son sickens, grows worse and worse, and then stops breathing. He dies. In her anguish and heartache, she lashes out at the prophet, saying to him, Why did you come here, O man of God? What do you have against me? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? That's her grief speaking, not her faith. And yet we can understand and empathize with her in that moment of grief and heartache, can't we? We know what it can be like to call out to the Lord, Why? Why, God, why did you do this to me? I was trusting you to take care of me, and and now this happens. Are you getting back at me for my sins? Are, are, Are your promises of forgiveness only for other people and not for me? What hope do I have left? Now, unlike when we're caught in the emotional confusion of our own tragedy, here we can jump ahead and look at the end. We can look at the outcome and see how the Lord was working throughout the whole tragedy here, working to strengthen this widow. We jump to the end here and we hear her words. Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. The Lord strengthened her faith through this tragedy to trust his word all the more. To trust that even in the face of death itself, his word stands firm. His word is the truth. He strengthened her faith to hold on and cling to his word no matter what. Even in the face of death itself. And in the same way, dear friends, our Lord is at work in our lives. Even through those tragedies that we face, he's at work to strengthen our faith, to cling to his word of truth alone. He is at work to show us that everything else in this world, no matter how great or how lasting it may appear, everything else is fading away. That the only sure and firm foundation for us to stand on in this life is his word of truth. And so he strengthens our faith to cling to his word of promise all the more, no matter what the tragedy, even in the face of death itself. And so, dear Christian friends, when the Lord sends those times of trouble and tragedy, those times that weigh down our heart and remind us of our sins, those times when we may wonder whether it's really worth following Jesus if this is what his people are going to be going through, in those times, Run to the Lord's word of truth. Cling to his promise. Even though, his, even though our current emotional feelings and our, 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 the present experience we're going through at that time of tragedy, even though those may seem to contradict his word of truth, cling to his promises nonetheless. In fact, cling to his promises all the more. 
For you see, dear friends, we do not live by sight, by being able to see how the Lord's going to work it all out. We live by faith. Faith in His promises. Even when our present reality seems to contradict it. And that's why it's so beneficial to reflect on Word of God like this during times that we can think through it clearly. We can see that the Lord is at work even though the widow could not see it at the moment. And so also he is at work in our lives even if we can't see it or explain it at the present moment. Because he is at work to strengthen our faith, to cling to his promises all the more. So run to his word of truth. For he has spoken and said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13. No one can snatch you out of the hands of Jesus Christ, your good shepherd. For he knows his sheep who listen to his voice and follow him. John 10. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8. For you see, God has already sacrificed his own son for you to pay for your sins. You are forgiven because all of your sins were counted against Jesus instead of against you. Since God has already, since God did not spare his own son for us, believe that you are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ that you are at peace with him, even though life may not be all that peaceful, even though it may be filled with tragedy. Believe that you have peace with God through Jesus Christ. You are reconciled to the Father, and therefore he is taking care of you as his own dear blood-bought child. And as we run to his word and cling to his promises, our faith is strengthened all the more, even in times of tragedy, just as this widow's faith was. Yes, the Lord works strength through tragedy. And we see that also as we take the example of Elijah and apply it to ourselves so that we too are emboldened to serve our Lord. As we look at Elijah in the second part here, We want to note two separate areas, two separate points where we see this this boldness. First of all, Elijah was bold and confident that he trusted the Lord to answer prayer. And the second area we want to look at is that Elijah's boldness and confidence trusted that the Lord had power even over death itself. First of all, prayer. When the widow lashed out at Elijah, he understands her grief. He doesn't retaliate. Rather, he takes her her boy, her son in his arms and carries the dead body up to his room and he prays. What boldness. For you see, Elijah, Elijah is a sinner like you and me. Sometimes we tend to put the prophets on a pedestal, but no, they were sinners like you and like me. And here he is knocking on the door of the Almighty knocking on the door of the holy God to answer his prayer. What boldness! But this was not a boldness that flowed out of some sort of self-confidence that God would listen to someone like him. No. 
This was a boldness born from faith. Born from faith that trusted that God had taken away his sins and that the Messiah was coming to do just that so that he, a sinner, could approach the holy God in prayer. This was boldness born from faith, faith that knew the Lord's invitation to cast all cares on him. This was a boldness born from faith, faith that humbly came before the Lord, not trying to bargain with him or make a deal with him because this faith knew that there was nothing we could offer the holy God. Rather, this faith comes knowing our unworthiness, relying only on the Lord's mercy and clinging to his promises alone. And so also, dear Christian friends, like Elijah, when we come before the Lord, we too come before him with that boldness born from faith, that faith-produced boldness and confidence. For you, dear Christian, All your sins have been washed away. You have been reborn into God's family. Your sins are forgiven in Christ. And so through Jesus, your prayers are acceptable to the Father in heaven. So pray as a baptized child of God, washed clean and forgiven. Pray with that boldness that's born from faith. You, dear Christian. Know the Lord's command and promise and invitation to bring all our cares and worries, all our anxieties and concerns, our joys, our sorrows, to bring everything to him in prayer. So pray with that kind of boldness and confidence that knows that the Lord will listen to your every word because he is the one who has told us so to pray. And dear Christian, you believe the Lord's promise that he will give the answer that is best according to his mercy and wisdom. And so pray with that humble boldness that willingly accepts whatever the answer the Lord may give, knowing that it must be good and right because it is coming from our gracious Father in heaven, even if it isn't the answer we were expecting. Yes, dear Christian, like the prophet Elijah, pray with that boldness that is born from faith. And secondly here, we note the prophet's boldness and confidence that believes that the Lord has power even over death itself. His faith in the resurrection. And so too, we believe that the Lord will raise the dead. When Jesus comes again on the last day, he will raise all the dead and give to us who believe in him eternal life. Our bodies will be raised and glorified and be with Jesus forever. And this boldness that comes from knowing the resurrection of the dead isn't just for some distant day in the future. No, this affects the way we live our life every day. With the boldness of knowing the coming resurrection, we live our lives for Jesus. And how does that come about? Well, first of all, because we know the resurrection from the dead, that helps us see our present life in the proper perspective. 
and put our priorities in the proper order, we realize that everything that comes from this earth, including the necessities of life like food and clothing, are only passing away. Those are all secondary. But that our relationship with Jesus, that is of first importance. Because only he brings eternal life. He alone is the resurrection and the life. And so this boldness that is confident of the coming resurrection places Jesus first in our lives each day right now as we live for him. And then also, this coming resurrection gives us an unfailing hope. So that no matter what the world does to us, it can't take away that hope. That hope that we have in Jesus. For Jesus will raise us up. Even if the world kills us, Jesus will raise us up when he comes again. And so we can live our lives with a boldness. What can stop us from daring all things for Jesus? Since we know that death itself must serve our Lord. And so in the view of the coming resurrection, we too live our lives with that boldness that follows Jesus with unfailing hope no matter what the world does for us, that's living for Jesus. Yes, tragedies will continue to come. Throughout the ages, they have struck believer and unbeliever alike, and in our lives too, we will have those times of tragedy. But take heart, dear Christian friend, as you cling to the word and promise of our Lord, his word of truth. For God, our Lord, works strength through tragedy. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.